Well, hello, friends. I hope you are doing well. And today I want to unpack life stuff. And I'm titling it life stuff because I'm actually talking about the end of life in this episode. And as much as we don't like to talk about end of life, it's a part of life. And it's the part of life that we're not thrilled about. And the reason why I thought I would share this with you is because as a family right now, we are going through the process of planning for my grandmother's estate. She has not passed away. She is still here. Um, She is, I believe, in her early 80s. Um, This is my mom's mom. And we realized that she truly doesn't have enough life insurance to bury her at this time. And it got us to thinking as a family that we need to get the word out and educate our family members, especially our younger family members, about the importance of life insurance and estate planning, all those things. And I remember in my 20s, I hated talking about anything that had to do with death. And that makes sense because at that age, who wants to talk about things like that, right? Those are for those other people. It's for other families. And I live long enough to know that, unfortunately, it hits us at the least expected times. And it crosses all different ages. And and it's just one of those things where, as a family, going through that, it's rough. But it's really rough when you don't have a plan in place. And as we had this family meeting and we got to talking about some things, I decided that I wanted to impart what little wisdom I have. Now, I am not an attorney. I am a licensed agent for life insurance, health insurance, and accidental. But every state operates different. And I hope what you take away from this podcast is to just get planful about your life. And part of living is planning for the death part of our lives, as morbid as that can be. So a lot of times... Many of us just don't have a thousands of dollars sitting around in the bank account to just decide when someone passes away, they're going to take care of all their expenses. You know, if things are good, they may have a spouse, they may have cash that they can access. But oftentimes these things are frozen. And oftentimes people are scrambling around trying to find out the things. And especially if it was unexpected. It's helpful if there's a spouse in the picture that maybe can bring context to the story. But it's also very important to know that a lot of times, even when the spouses are available, as helpful as it is, there's a lot of conversations that we don't have in marriage that we should. And excuse me for the moving around. So oftentimes the spouses assume or think they know things and they don't. And this is why I say this. If you have someone that you are in charge of or you guys live together, you all should have an agreement where you list out the different passwords and how to access and what has what. And let me explain that. There can be things in your computer that your spouse may not be aware of, such as maybe you had, I don't know, a project you were working on. Maybe there is bank account information that Maybe they weren't on this particular bank account, but maybe there were other bank accounts that you owned and your spouse wasn't on them. Maybe they own different stocks and bonds and equity and index funds. 
And maybe you didn't know all what they had, but you knew where they were. I want you to make sure that the people that are important to you know how to get your important stuff. Not just because you told them, but there is a plan and action in play that if something were to happen to you, the people that care about you know how to find your things. They can look through and find out, yep, this is her mortgage. looks like this was the last payment or, oh my gosh, they paid their mortgage off a few years ago and it looks like everything's paid off. They hadn't taken out any equity or a loan, a second home loan on it. Or, hey, it looks like there's an insurance policy. I don't know how much, but it looks like there's somebody's number. I can give them a call. So one of the things I employ you to do is to make a list and make sure that you find someone that you trust and you share that information with them. Should you come incapacitated, you know, if you have a health directive, that's important too. But in the event that you are no longer here permanently, that someone that you trust can go through your information and easily make the arrangements as you would want them. And let's say you really didn't care much about the arrangements, but you had stuff. You had cars, you had boats, you had bank accounts. And do you really want those to go to your state so they can kind of fish out who gets what? You want to make sure that you set things up in a way that they pass directly to the people you want them to and that they can afford to take them on. For example, you decide to give your kids a house. But in the event, if it doesn't have the paperwork that shows that it was it's in a, in, in a trust situation, it's a possibility that, you know, your family could be paying taxes on anything that they get upon your death in the probate process. And it could take some time for it to settle. So for example, you may think, oh, they passed away, so I can just go set up shop in my uncle's house. Well, that's usually not how any of this works. And governments usually don't move fast. And the other thing to note is that wheels are public documents. They are filed. Unless you have a will that you've given to an attorney or a trusted person, wills can be accessible um, in your local state typically. So those are um, typically made available to the public. The issue is a lot of times people don't look at their documents. They've made these will and testaments from many years ago and they haven't updated them. So that brings me to my other point. Make sure that you update your information every year. Make sure that your beneficiaries make sense. And just for those of us who are still in the workforce, I'm going to speak to this. Make sure that every time you have open enrollment or you have something special, like you get married or you have a baby or you get on your spouse's plan and maybe you just keep the dental and you keep the life on your current plan, make sure you evaluate your beneficiaries every year. Make sure that the beneficiaries are adult people that can access those funds upon your death. If you have those go to the children and if there's not a trust set up, those monies will just sit there until they get of age. So that's something to think about too. And look at the different rules and regulations in your state and consult an attorney. And I know a lot of people say, I don't have money for that. A consultation may cost you nothing. But it will cost you so much more if you are trying to do this on the back end. And it's worth every bit of a good lawyer's time for you to at least have a skeleton idea of what's expected 
and what the rules and regulations are in your state. I think it's so important for you to also realize that your family in crisis won't be the people that you know today. That those happy-go-lucky people are trying to figure out the world without you. And it's very difficult for them and they are doing the best they can. And even though in your best laid plans, you may think, oh, my wife, my boyfriend, my whomever, they can figure this out. Don't leave them to guess. Make everything clear as you possibly can. And the less decisions they have to make and you lay out your best plans, that's for the best. Because oftentimes opposing family members will come in and they'll tell your significant other, well, she told me she wanted this or he told me he wanted that. And it gets lost in translation. And then we're fussing more about flowers and repass than honoring the person that we got the opportunity to share their life here with. Now, I'm not a death expert, but I will say this. Make sure that you have a plan and it's worth the time to do it. We don't get to go back in a time machine and fix things that we forgot to do. But what we can do proactively is make sure that we have things in place that work for us and we continue to evaluate them. Because the other thing is we treat estate planning like set it and forget it. And you kind of can do that with yearly annual reviews. If you have a baseline of what you have set up and you don't have to start it from scratch, but let's say a baby comes along. Let's say that you want to leave stuff to a grandchild that wasn't born or whatever. At least you have framework that you can do that in. And nobody's guessing that you wanted to leave something to this grandchild of yours that you may not never meet. So this is all just things to think about. I hope that you find some fruit in this. Like I said, it's a brief episode and it's not one that everyone is excited to hear and talk about, but this is definitely the conversation we have to have. And the other thing my aunt mentioned too during our um, family Zoom meeting call was a safety deposit box. Make sure if you do have one, you have someone that has access to it as well upon your death. And I didn't think about, you know, a lot of times people may not put cash in the bank. They will put cash in their safety deposit box or any other items that they deem that is important or of value to them. So think about that too. And it may be also a good place to store your personal documents. So just little nuggets here. I hope you got some value from this. Namaste, friends.